We have an exciting episode this week. We are thrilled to be able to finally do this. We are making an episode with a guest, an actual guest this time. They aren't becoming a, a host on the show, which so far, that, that's what happened with, with our only guest we've had so far. We're very excited to have them. They're a friend of the podcast, maybe even best friend. No, that's too much. But a very good friend. That's for sure. I'm excited for you guys to hear this episode. Hello, I am Adam Ganong. And I'm Jenna Noor. And you're listening to The Rules. An improv writing podcast where we workshop, write, and perform stories all while following a set of rules. Mm. Adam, are we alone today? We are not alone. Ooh, who's with us? So I'm very excited about this. We have a guest. We've worked on some stuff uh, with them before. We've done some audio recordings, which I'm, I feel like you might remember because, you know... It was you we were recording and everything. We we were. It was my voice. That's true. So one of our good friends from the Breadcrumbs podcast and Breadcrumbs Mag, the founder, actually. So we have Bob Raimonda with us. So Bob Raimonda is the founding editor of Breadcrumbs Mag, an online literary and arts blog that fosters creativity and collaboration through shared inspiration. So Bob studied writing at SUNY Purchase with a focus in creative nonfiction. And you can check out his work on Breadcrumbs and also in Quail Bell Magazine, Biblio Smiles, Elite Daily, and Movie Pilot. Welcome to the show, Bob. Thanks so much for having me. I've been excited about this for quite some time. Mm, Yes, and people listening, you didn't get to see this, but there was just about a a solid half hour of us trying to get this call working properly. Mm -hmm. So we're all very excited to actually get this going now. Bob, I do believe you have some rules for us. Absolutely. So today we're going to take a piece from our website originally published as breadcrumb number 36. And we're going to write new stories inspired by it. Um, A little bit of backstory here. The way breadcrumbs mag actually works is every piece that we publish is inspired by some sort of phrase or image or object in one of the preceding pieces and links back to it. Um, This piece was written by a a very good friend of mine who I I knew in college named Peter Schranz, and he actually was able to send us a recorded version of himself performing it for our podcast breadcrumbs. So our first rule is that we're creating stories inspired by breadcrumb 36. And the second rule is that we are going to take a specific sentence from that story. And that sentence is, they don't wear makeup or come from earth. What do you have in mind, Bob? What do you, what are you getting from this story? Um, so I myself, uh, and it also is, comes off of the the breadcrumb that we just produced, but I have aliens on the brain right mm-hmm. now. Yeah. So because we chose that line, they don't wear makeup or come from Earth, um, I'm definitely feeling like doing a little uh, quick flash about um, an alien species, an alien encounter, um, maybe in reacting to another alien. Um mm. So an alien meeting a different alien for the first time while also having some sort of awareness of Earth, if that makes sense. Mm. Yeah, I like that. I also, 
So here's here's something I thought of based off of that. It'd be pretty funny. So you've got you've got a human and they meet an alien for the first time and it's it's one of those things where it's like, ooh, aliens exist and now I get to know this. And then the human and the alien like kind of form a relationship and then they together see like another alien and the human just assumes that like the alien they've just met is gonna like know what that alien is. But then the alien's like, oh my gosh, what is that thing? <laughs> yeah, they're, like, they're like just as surprised <laughs> yeah. and amazed by it. Like, that's what? that's think- definitely what I was feeling as well. Yeah. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's good. I like that idea a lot. I like that a lot too. Do you think just because I'm just because I'm an alien, I know every other alien <laughs> out there? <laughs> yeah. Also, I really like the idea of kind of flipping that line on its head and they don't wear makeup or come from Earth is like an alien lamenting that everyone thinks that aliens don't wear makeup. So a human sees this alien wearing mascara or something and they say, I didn't think that you guys wore makeup. And they're like, oh, sure. Every single person sees an alien. And they're like, oh, they don't wear makeup or come from Earth. But you know what? We do sometimes, you know? I just like to feel pretty when I'm going out on the the galaxy. Yeah, like, I just want to look good when I'm going to Saturn's rings for the evening. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, I like that idea. I love this. So I, I was saying this when I was brainstorming with Jenna. One of the images I really, really like from it too are the three. So like the little kid, the woman with the super long straw and the the clown. Mm-hmm. Just like yes. such a motley crew. And my imagination of them was it's a very... Um, are you familiar with Wes Anderson's works? Yes. Yes, absolutely. It's like a very Wes Anderson-y just troop of odd characters who would be very interesting to all put together. And my imagination was them doing a heist. Mm. Yes. Mm. So then it, them doing a heist and then they bump into an alien. <laughs> yes. Of course, the problem is, is there's so much and you need, we, we need to fit it into a 50 minute writing session. Oh, this story is so good, though, because there's so much stuff happening in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the, I think the great thing is, is and, and with the, you know, with with the way our site works in general is that you know, I mean, for for the purposes of this podcast, we're, we're jumping off with one line, but you can really take how you feel reading the entire package and take whichever elements that you want. You don't have to just do the the one piece. You can you can take from it whatever, you know, you feel inspired by. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's what I really liked about the whole project, kind of seeing um, all of the different ideas that people have brought to us from this this, you know, little prompt i gave myself two years ago Mm -hmm. i was just gonna say um so i think it's interesting that like both of you are picking up on this alien thing yeah and reading back i'm like man i didn't get an alien vibe from that line at all even though it says right in there they don't come from earth which is like by definition an alien right um but reading it like reading it on its own reading it without the context of everything else i was kind of imagining like I was transported to a sort of time of like childhood schoolyard gossip mm-hmm. where like the girls and the boys like don't know how to relate to each other. Um, you know, I don't know. What the, you know, I don't know what the deal is with those boys. They don't wear makeup or come from earth. Like right. that's kind of the, the, the sort of like childhood awkwardness, I guess, was what I was feeling. Um, that sort of gossipy, like we don't understand what you are. So we have to say things that that are so otherworldly because that's what you seem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That was the feeling that that's like what I was immediately overcome by just like that awkwardness of being 
um, and not even necessarily like schoolyard, just like that awkwardness of being like a pubescent teen trying to like relate to the opposite sex and just utterly failing. Mm. That's yeah, the feeling absolutely. that I was getting. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I definitely mm-hmm. think that that'd be a great jumping off point. Mm-hmm. What are some other ideas you just got off the vibe of the story, Bob? Um, I mean, I'd still see I'm a sci-fi all of the time. So I'm, <laughs> I'm going from from aliens to the the next um, best thing. And by best, I just mean next most sci-fi thing. But uh, I, I'm, I'm also thinking like some sort of humanoid looking robot. Um, mm. Like whether that be... Um, nefarious in that this robot is just blending in so well and they don't they don't wear makeup and they don't come from here but other than that like you can you can not tell in any way that they're not human um or is it something that's just funny that it's they're trying to look like this and they're completely failing it's so obvious that they're not these things and they they aren't understanding what it means to be a human i'm imagining like wizards trying to dress up like muggles in harry potter oh, yes. <laughs> and yeah. how they all look like ridiculous and yeah i like that idea too i always uh, it's a very entertaining idea to think of like an ai or something trying to interact with humans the same way like i guess a lot of like the attempts at ais do online like hello person would you like to go for a coffee mm-hmm. or something like a tea yes, yeah. like like very stilted and very uh very formal and awkward Ooh, i like that mm. um one of the ideas i was getting because when when we you first read that line i did kind of get the same vibe as jenna of like like boys are from mars kind of a deal mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. i think it'd be very interesting to write it as like a um so a monologue from a kid talking about his experience of fake battles on the schoolyard, Skippy was our commander. He stood at the top of the slide, scanning over the troops. And then just like a, t- a tale about these kids and just schoolyard war. But it would also be interesting if w- the thing that's going on is one of those kids is an android. Yes. And the deal of like how he, how he fits in and stuff. And he does something very androidish that wins all the kids' hearts. I like this. I like this a lot. That reminds me of... Uh two cartoons the cartoon recess mm-hmm. and then the cartoon kids next door which i didn't watch but my little sister did so that was on a bunch and just kind of the very like warring in the schoolyard kids very formal in that way mm, yeah I, I forgot about recess i didn't watch it very much i think that was one of the ones i wasn't allowed to watch when i was a kid mm. but i saw the movie <laughs> yes that classic work of cinema recess schools out yes. oh yes i do believe it won i think it was all of the uh not just golden globes but the grammys <laughs> i believe it <laughs> just Tonys. cleaned up like the, it was unstoppable that year if i recall correctly that movie got an egot yeah it's <laughs> really the hamilton of its year mm. it really is actually uh, won best picture twice in a row i think yeah yeah <laughs> they just were like yeah let's bring that back yeah it was so good at like residuals of it just like echoed into the next year they're like and it's not even nominated this year but please ladies and gentlemen put your hands together for recess schools out (laughs) the the movie uh so that's what i'm thinking i'm i'm pretty confident that's what i'm gonna do that that train of thought yeah as far as like the entire story goes for me i definitely am getting a sense of like foreboding and it's it's interesting because um i felt this as well 
reading um reading Peter's other script. I guess re- reading Peter's script that we put together here. Yeah. That you yeah. produced yes. 200, yeah. 200, yes. Um that one also had like sort of things bubbling under the surface that didn't necessarily come up but were definitely making you feel sort of uneasy. Mm. And you get a little bit more of the like explicit uneasiness in this. You get like the the image of the the razor blades and the kite. Uh, you get the image of child protective child protective services at the end. Um but there's still sort of I, I get this feeling that like immediately after the story ends, something horrible, something like explicitly horrible happens. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think that will be that feeling of unease may come into my writing. We'll see what happens when we sit down and hammer these out, but that's definitely where I'm at right now. That something something is happening that maybe the characters are not aware of, but maybe the audience has a little bit of an insight into how they're supposed to feel. So another another strong thing I'm getting from this story, and I think because it's like the main thing, is the idea of kites. Mm. The image that this is actually inspired by is an image of a kite. This really beautiful, this first illustration that we actually oh. have. I don't know if you have your Slack open, but I can send it in our Slack, and I can actually I can just throw it in the the doc that we have here. You can delete that just if you you know obviously, um, but if you want to take a look at it, it's it's gorgeous. Yeah. I do want to see this. And that's that's the precursor to Peter's piece is, is this image here. Ooh, that's very nice. I like oh, just that lone kite and it's so many warm colors. An interesting idea would be aliens who come to Earth don't really understand things, disguise themselves as kites instead of humans. <laughs> I like that. But, I do like that. Sorry, it's like a bit of a Hitchhiker's Guide misread. These are obviously the uh, the superior beings on this this globe that we're on mm-hmm. are these stringed uh, square instruments. Bow to your stringed overlords. <laughs> we rise so high above you all. Now watch me dance. And then they see a hot air balloon and they lose their minds. Look at this far superior being. And then a Zeppelin comes along, and it's like, <laughs> oh my god, what wonderful strength of power. All bow to the bulbous one. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, that's good. I, like that I love it. Or they think that, like, kites are some sort of a status symbol, so they're, like, walking around with, like, all these kites. Yes. <laughs> Just, like, kites strapped to their back. Kites on their t-shirt that they're wearing. Yeah. All the like reference books that they had at their disposal was like Victorian pastime like books for children. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and so they're just like they're like super into like kites and like jacks and stuff like that. <laughs> that's how they like yes, try to interact jacks. with other people. They're like, hello, Meta, may I interest you in a jacks? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, when you say jacks, are you talking about like the things like you bounce the ball and you pick them up? Yeah. Okay, loving that train. Yes. They also think pogs are currency. <laughs> like, here, let yes. me buy your coffee for you with my <laughs> currency. <laughs> yes. They just reach reach into their pocket and hand just drop a fistful of pogs on the counter. They think oh. marbles are like a, a quick snack. <laughs> oh my gosh. Aliens space is so much fun. There's so much you can do with sci-fi. It really is. It's it's kind of my lifeblood. Mm. Oh, what else are you thinking, Bob? I am really, really just sticking on this idea, I think, of uh, just an alien and a human talking to each other in a bar yeah. and another alien walks in. 
um, and <laughs> and the humans sort of asking questions about it, and the the other alien, like you're saying, is kind of offended. Like I don't know, I've never seen this thing in my friggin' life. Like I don't I don't know what this is or or what it's doing. Like just because something you know, just because they don't wear makeup or come from Earth, doesn't mean I know anything about them or what their lives are like. Mm-hmm. You know, there are many planets in this infinite thing we called space. Jenna, what do you have percolating? I'm actually, I'm really liking this image of the kite. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I'm just going to see what happens when I write it down. Okay. Yeah. I've got a few different pieces that I'm sort of juggling. Yeah. I I think it will, again, I mean, I feel like we're all kind of sticking with our original ideas here, um, but I think I will probably go for that, that sort of schoolyard feel. Kids Mm. talking about other kids. Mm-hmm. But we'll see what happens. I also like the idea I came up with of the um, the like monologue about like a schoolyard war kind of a deal, mm. and it's similar to yours. But I think I can make it. I can make it different enough. Mm-hmm. I think I will. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. You're two different people. You're going to write two different things. Yeah. I don't know. Except for when you and Philip write the same <laughs> yeah. stories. <laughs> Me and Philip write the same stories all the time. <laughs> <sighs> okay. Should we? Should we do this? Should we write? Yeah. Um, any more ideas? You guys need to bounce around. Do you guys think you're good to go? I think, I think I'm good. To I go. think I'm I'm ready to just free write at this point, and I'm pumped. I'm pumped to see where I, where it goes. I haven't done this in so long. Yeah, I am too. All right. Well, in that uh, in that case, Adam, how do you feel about taking a quick ad break, and we'll be back. Let's do it. Let's go. Let's talk about some ads. Well, we're also writing. We're gonna split the timeline up a little bit here, fracture it, and uh, we'll be back in a little bit. So, for listeners of The Rules Podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. There are over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. You can choose such books as Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy by Douglas Adams, read by Stephen Fry. Mm, I love that one. I love it so much. Mm -hmm. As you guys can probably tell, take a whole lot of inspiration mm-hmm. from the way that he wrote kind of omniscient mm-hmm. just like such a goofy style so funny so interesting mm-hmm. so kind of out there mm-hmm. great book yeah and i gotta say adam um your like classic story formula of like taking an earthly thing and putting it in space very reminiscent of douglas adams yeah, mm-hmm. yeah we talked is. about it a little bit on this episode um but that's what it always makes me think of in the back of my mind i'm always thinking of how would Douglas Adams have done this? How would he have taken this thing and put it in space? Yeah, I should switch it rather than saying like take a normal event and put it in space. Take a normal event and get Douglas Adams to write it mm-hmm. and see what happens. Wait a minute. Douglas Adams. He likes your ads name. too. No, no, no. Oh yeah. Okay, your yeah, name, yeah. Adam. Yeah. Something there? Maybe? Seems unlikely. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't Listen, know. I was trying I was trying to do like a one to one between you and Douglas Adams, but if you want to just leave that behind on the table, that's your call. Um I feel like that's not fair. Okay. I feel like I have a long way to go before <laughs> there can be a one to one comparison between me and Douglas Adams. Well then we just have to keep doing this podcast. Yeah, that's a good call. Mm-hmm. So to download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash the rules. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash the rules for your free audiobook. Um, all right, so let's really quick decide which 
order we want to read the stories in. Anyone want to read first? I'll volunteer. I was always the one that would class. Cool. All right. I'm excited to hear this. Mm-hmm. Me too. She stands at the bar, surveying her surroundings. She's never been in a place such as this, the intergalactic hub at the opposite end of her solar system. A barkeep passes by with what looks like a towel thrown over its shoulder. She motions for another one of the turquoise-looking concoctions that stands drained in front of her. She'll need the liquid courage if she plans to allow anyone around her to approach. Is this your first time here, honey? Asks a 12-foot-tall monster with a head so high up she can barely make out what few facial features it has. Let me buy you something to eat. I'm fine, thanks, she says, sipping at the drink in front of her. Salty, with a hint of hazelnut, which settles into a burning sensation that stretches all the way from her throat down to her toes. It holds out a giant, leathery tentacle, which she grasps, shaking with all the power she can muster. Confused, it grunts, What do you think you're doing, miss? She glances down at her hand, still grasping the slimy thing in front of her, when she notices a second drink down on the bar next to her own. She lets it go and whispers, Oh, I'm so sorry. Something reverberates throughout the entire building, and she thinks it might be this thing's attempt at laughter or disgust. She couldn't be sure. Other patrons around them stop mid-conversation for a moment to gawk before returning to mind their own business. Without another word, her new friend slinks off, sidling up to another woman across the room. She isn't sure whether she should be offended or relieved, but in the moment decides for the latter. The barkeep returns, chuckling. You won't last another day here. And why would you say that, she spits, a little too indignantly. You humans, you're all so jumpy. I've never had one of you last longer than a month. It glances up at the wall, to what looks like a clock, and finishes. My money says you're out of here before I close for the night. I'm not that green around the gills, you know. I've just never done anything like this. Tell me something I don't know, chuckles the bartender, a Martian with skin bluer than the Atlantic Ocean. Another patron, this one with a skin the color of snot, decides to pipe up. Its features are humanoid, but you can tell by its face that it's never called the Earth home. You're all the same, you know that? You think you're so special because your skin is pink and silky smooth that just because they don't wear makeup or come from Earth means they're somehow less than. You make me sick. I take offense to that, and I'll have you know, she starts, but doesn't know where she ever meant to finish, instead staring into the bottom of her glass and staying silent. You would... It groans, belching loudly and stalking off after another more accommodating hostess. Very nice. I like that a lot. Mm, me too. Me too. All right. And now, Jenna, I do believe you have a story for us. I do have a story for you. Um, so I took the line that we've been talking about, um, but I also, at the like 11th hour, Took a little bit of inspiration from that beautiful kite illustration that mm, yes. uh, 
that Bob sent along to us, the one by, uh, I believe, Crystal Junio? Yes, you got that perfectly. Did you say the artist's name? It is. Excellent. Ooh. So, wow. bit of a joint inspiration uh, on this one. Uh, and Adam, I also took your idea of monologue. So it's just, there's no dialogue. It's just sort of one person sort of ruminating. Uh, do I get writer's credit? Do I get points on this? <laughs> you get so uh, many points. <laughs> you know what? We haven't, we haven't brought in the points this soon in a few episodes. So yeah, I'll give you a point. I mean, like real life points. Like I want cash, hard cash dollars for this. Ooh, uh, I'll um, give you nineteen cents. Oh, guys, we're a for-profit <laughs> podcast. Now. I just made money. And on that exchange rate, that's yeah. like that's like a hundred Canadian dollars. <laughs> I can buy a house with that over here. Ooh, please don't move out. I do need your help to pay the rent. Oh yes. Okay. Well, I got I got nineteen cents now. So that's I think true. I I think I can pull my weight around here now. <laughs> All right. Jenna, lay it on us, please. Mom says the world is ending, but I'm flying my kite. We've been watching the sun get big for a few days now. It's been really bright for the past month or so, but ever since Monday, it looks like it's a lot bigger in the sky. And mom says that that's because it is. She says that it's going to keep getting bigger and bigger until it touches Earth, and then we'll be part of the sun. I like that my mom is letting me fly my kite outside in the yard behind our house. We didn't have to go to school today. I think the man on TV said that we shouldn't be outside when the sun is growing, but I don't like doing anything inside as much as I like flying my kite. My teachers even let me fly my kite at school at recess when the other kids are playing games that I don't like. My mom says that I just don't have the patience for them, but that I have the patience for kites, and that's why I'm allowed to bring one from home. I don't know if mom means that I don't have the patience for the other kids or if I don't have the patience for their games, but I know that I have the patience for my kites. I'm flying my yellow one today. It's my favorite. Plus, it's like the color of the sun in the sky, so I like the way it looks when I look up. Two yellow shapes, a diamond and a circle. The diamond gets smaller as I let out the string. The circle gets bigger. I know I'm different from the other kids at my school, the ones my age who don't play with kites anymore. The other girls don't even want to talk about kites. They like the way they look, and they like to pretend that they don't like boys, but I know they do. They tease the boys because the boys don't wear makeup. They say that the boys don't come from Earth and that they come from Mars instead. I'm pretty sure that that's not true, but I do know that we're all on Earth right now and that Earth is the world and that the world is ending. I hear my mom calling me from the house, so I swing my head to look. She is screaming my name and she is crying. My dad is standing behind her, holding her tight, and he is crying too, but he isn't saying anything. I feel a rush of heat on the back of my head, so I turn to look at my kite. It's touching the sun. The string burns and falls slowly to the ground. And as I watch, I become part of the sun too. Very good. I like that a lot. Thank you. Almost a perfect run. I should have gone first. (laughs) (laughs) Feeling pretty nervous now. So I stuck with um, stuck with my original idea. So I I went with the kind of schoolyard dynamic, the war in the schoolyard. I basically I went pretty much with exactly what i what i pitched okay but of course just just a little bit more fleshed out and a little bit more atomish here's what i got it was lunch hour and as always the schoolyard was dividing itself into two factions oh sure there was a slight flavor of boys versus girls they don't wear makeup or come from mirth i'd heard one of the girls whisper to a friend once i knew what she was talking about but that was not the true division that tore each of us young runny-nosed bright-eyed kids apart 
Honestly, the divide changed from week to week, but this week it was Kara Varnor, explorer of the great beyond. Kara Varnor was a cartoon. It was a 4D animation. And if you don't know what that is, so sorry, I do not have time to explain. There was us, the ones who thought that Kaylee was the better sidekick of the show, and them, the kids who thought that Giselle was the better. It's a dark day, my friend, Nelson said. He was standing at the top of the tall red slide that looked a little like an elephant and a lot like something you can only imagine made us kids giggle and blush. He was our leader and was about as stoic as a seven-year-old comes. He had an empty toilet paper roll to his eye and was scanning the battlefield, complete with jungle gym and swings. His nose was running. We've lost the southmost sandbox. BB was in there. God bless her soul. She knew the risks, I said. But still, he lowered the roll. No pudding cup should ever outlast its owner. There was a tug on my sleeve and I turned. I didn't mean to recoil. It was an honest mistake and it's something I think about to this day. But the android's dark, steely eyes were always disarming. They weren't bad. They were just different. And kids have a way of recoiling from the different. I'd like to help, he said. I opened my mouth to speak, to say, by reaction, I didn't truly believe this, that we had no place for him. Nelson stepped forward and put his hand on my shoulder. And we could use your help, he said. The android smiled. He had a name, you know. I called him the android back then, but his name was Virginia Woolf. His parents had an odd algorithm for naming. For the same reason I didn't know his name, I protested. Nelson smiled and shook his head. When it comes to the schoolyard, Nelson said, we need all the help we can get. We'll call you Ben. That's your code name. Ben nodded and smiled shyly. The attack was sudden. A spitball, the likes of which I've never seen, slapped into the side of the slide with a sickening thwack. We dived behind the elephant ear slash testicular outcropping that was at the top of the slide. We all peeked around. Susie was a sentry, and we watched as, in slow motion, a wet wad of destiny slapped into the side of her face. God, no, Susie, Nelson whispered. He wiped away a tear and took a sip from his juice box. It was grape. The android took his hand off, and that was normal for us, mind you, and a kite came out. I watched stunned as it slowly reeled up towards the sky like a string of handkerchiefs coming out of a clown's sleeve. It soared upwards, and I was so lost in the beauty, I neglected the intent. Seven near the swings, one is flanking us from behind, Ben said. How did you... Camera, he said, smiling. Attached to the kite, I can see the whole schoolyard. I was surprised. In that moment, I'd forgotten he was an android. Maybe because kids have short attention spans, but maybe it was just because I was able to see him in the same light you get to see any kid cowering from a spitball. Nelson nodded and crushed his juice box. Let's roll, he said. Then the bell rang and the war was postponed. The friendship, however, continued. Very sweet. Thank you. Like Immediate reaction. I'm very happy that you went with a spitball uh, war and not a snowball war because I like to take a little vacation away from the winter we find ourselves in oh, at the exact moment. Yes. Oh, yeah. So my first thought was, oh, I didn't even. So my, I didn't even think about why I did this. My first thought was snowball because it's a very easy one. Mm -hmm. But I just realized that my mind, like in horror, automatically recoiled from the idea of adding any more snow to the world in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> Serious. Just for context, Bob, our driveway. <laughs> Because of the way that like our cars are there when the snow removal comes, 
there are is now just like like basically the, the entire driveway is a layer of ice mm-hmm. that will not disappear until spring. But where our cars sit are these two like indents in the ice that are maybe like what, like a foot deep now almost. Deep, yeah. So when you drive in, you have to like put yourself perfectly into this hole for your car because if you miss it, you're like tilted sideways and you feel like your whole car is just going to roll. Yeah. It's terrible. It's, it's very really bad. bad. Yeah. Oh, so very long winded way no of saying good. And I am so sorry. And I, ugh, man, I complain about being in the, the quote unquote cold living in New York and wanting to go live somewhere warm, but I, I couldn't do it. So, so props to the two of you because gosh. Yeah. So yes, very, very uh, roundabout way of saying thank you for writing. Not about snow. Yeah. Yeah. Not a problem. Spitballs, spitballs, I also feel like are the funnier option. It is much funnier. It's definitely a funnier option. And I mm. I'm glad I'm glad that you went whimsical because both Jenna and I went a little bit darker. Um yeah. mine is definitely seedy. I was feeling very like maybe this mm. woman is some sort of escort to the aliens. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. and that was sort of what I was feeling going into it. I never wanted to out and out say it and put it into the text, but I, I kind of got the feel that she was uh this was her first time. Um she's trying to make some money, uh trying to get a little drunk first, but just not being able to do it. Mm. I had that feeling too. Halfway through your story, Bob, I was like, Oh no, is this going to be just like a bummer night where we just <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> ruin all everybody's life? I know because then no, you have always. a little kid that gets killed by the sun, which is such a beautiful, <laughs> also horrifying image. Um, so mm-hmm. I'm actually really glad that we ended on you, Adam, because we needed some whimsy yes. and we needed uh, a good mood. Mm-hmm. So yeah, now yeah. I'm very glad I didn't go first because it would have been like, Oh, Alright guys, here's Goofarama three thousand. Reese's school's out too. <laughs> oh man. Ah. Um, okay, let's start with Bob's story, I guess. Sure. Three things which stand out to me immediately about your story, Bob. Um, and they're like three like specific descriptors that you use that were just like, oh, I could picture or like feel exactly what you were trying to convey. So I love the description of the drink, salty with a hint of hazelnut, which settles into a burning sensation that stretches all the way from her throat down to her toes. That was when I I really got the feeling of like, what kind of night this is going to be. It's like, there's, that's not the kind of drink that you drink if you're just like out talking with friends. So like, clearly she's trying to like calm her nerves or overcome something. I really liked that. Um, the description of another patron, this one was skin the color of snot. <laughs> yes. Really good. And the third thing that just like stood out to me immediately, I was just like, oh yeah, I love that image, was um, it glances up at the wall to what looks like a clock. Yes. I really liked that. That was a very good line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it kind of, it conveys this sort of like universal feeling of being aware of the time of like, and and it adds to, again, the, that feeling that we were talking about before when we were talking about um, Peter Schranz and his sort of style and that that feeling that there's something bubbling under the surface. And I feel like like checking the checking the time really ha- really brings that feeling mm. of like you don't want to be there. You're like waiting for something to happen. You're dreading something happening. And even it doesn't even have to be a clock, but you just pick up on that 
that like uneasiness of like, oh, okay, let's get this we're over all, with. We're all yeah. waiting for the end of something and we're all standing and, and aware of time, even if we don't know exactly, mm-hmm. you know, how we're all counting said time. Uh, we're all aware of it. Mm-hmm, exactly. Yeah. The snot thing was just like funny. That's a very good way to describe a character because there's so many other things that come along with snot. There's like texture as well. And yeah, ooh, yeah, very unsettling. Real quick goof. I also liked the idea of when she looked at something that looked like a clock. If it was, if it was another alien, it's like, what are you looking at, huh? Where are you looking over here? <laughs> yeah. yeah, you ever see a man with two rotating noses? <laughs> it's like Flintstone style. It's a living. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It's like an alien hanging on the wall. <laughs> uh, um, I also, I kind of just touched on this. I really like all of your like descriptions and just kind of, I feel like I'm in the room and just very small, simple descriptions of some of the characters, but you can so quickly just envision what you think they look like. Mm-hmm. That's something that I like that um, Philip always tried to do a lot. I feel like considering you you have studied creative writing, you probably have uh, some systems for how you how you accomplish honestly i'll tell you the thing they didn't teach us anything uh other than how to workshop each other's stuff like it was it was it was wonderful Mm. um but i didn't really learn a whole lot of structure or technique um it was really just throw everything Mm. that you have at the wall and see what sticks um and Mm. and and then let's all sit in a room for four hours and talk about it but i definitely have you know my my go-tos I, I actually that's one of the things that i kind of wanted to fix um i'm glad that you guys gravitated towards snot but i i go from from skin um when i'm talking about the the bartender and then skin with the other patron and then that that patron is is talking about her pink skin so i wanted to take at least one of those out before i I re-record it um but i i think i'll take out the the bartenders and and leave the other two because i like i like those better than the bartenders anyways myself i kind of like it honest like my opinion i like it with all three because it kind of invokes the rule of three Mm. Okay. Because the, okay. So the, I the, I think I can take I I can I can appreciate this this argument for going against my initial instinct. Yeah. This this is what this is what you learned in school is workshop <laughs> and stuff. But yeah. Because yeah. I so I really like it because the um the blue one was the first one that really really caught my attention because the first one like pink and smushy I think we've all kind of heard that in like a science fiction scenario before like ooh pink smushy humans mm-hmm. and the yeah. next one it's very like it's a very s- soothing and nice description and then the next one it's like like we've already talked about it's like it's interesting it's kind of funny and it definitely like merits a reaction so it kind of satisfies that rule of three of like the third one like kind of being out there and being like ooh I see what you did there I'm familiar with this concept that's my thoughts on it no i agree i would keep all three all right well then i don't have to re-record because that was (laughs) what i was gonna re-record i just heard myself say skin three times Mm. and i've trained myself to to listen to and watch out for my own word repetitions Mm. because i do it a lot Mm -hmm. especially with the word just I find I've been writing all these scripts lately and I can just command F for the word just and, and <laughs> put my face in my palm because it is such a garbage nothing word Yeah, that is so often unnecessary. But uh, I, I will accept your feedback here. 
yeah, I had so much fun doing this. It's been so long since I've I've sat down with just the the inkling of an idea without some very like very outlined thought out plan about what I'm going to do and and mm. just saw where it it went. It's it's such an awesome exercise. I love I love what you guys are doing with this. Yeah, it feels Thank good. You. We'll do it from time to time just like around the house too. Just like sit down and hammer out a story and it just yeah. feels good. Yeah, it's a nice little break just to like sit down and just write something. I don't need to really worry about it because I mean, it's, it's 15 minutes of your time. Mm-hmm. So if something good comes of it, something good does. But if nothing does, that's fine. You still got a little bit of writing practice in. Yeah, I think I really like the way that you have like constructed this. This bar is like clearly um, it's in space. There's all kinds of like patrons and things there. But you still get that like really uneasy feeling that you get when you're in like a really seedy dive bar. Um, and I really felt for the woman. I was like, oh, no, no, no. Got to get her out of there. She is not safe there. Um, yes. Yeah. And I think that's just because you constructed the the environment so well that it just made you feel like, oh, nobody is safe here. Well, thank you. Thank yeah. you. I had so much fun. Oh, that's good. I don't have anything more to say about it right now. Just like a very well-written story. And it's one of the things I like about having new people. It's like with Philip, like I always knew the tone that a story was going to take and like the style and the structure, mm-hmm. but just very refreshing to like, I love, I love the way that you write. You're one of the people that like, when I read your writing, I'm like, Oh, I wish I had thought of that. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. Good. Thank you. That's extremely flattering. Seriously. Oh. All right. So we will, we'll, Put Bob's aside for a little bit. Jenna, let's talk about your story. Yes, let's talk about my story. Oh, <laughs> uh, a sun engulfing the earth. This reminded me a little bit. There's a, um, oh, I can't remember who it was. I think it was Ray Bradbury, though, in The Illustrated Man. He wrote a, a short story about the, wor- the world was going to end and everybody knew it. And it was just like a family. And they just did their normal lives the day before the world ended. The mother and father did the dishes and then put the kids to bed and then just like sat on the couch and like waited for the world to end. Mm-hmm. Reminded me a little bit of that. Thank you. Very good story. Very dark story. I loved <laughs> that. I loved that this was told from the perspective of a child mm-hmm. because the the details that eke out about the end of the world are very sparing and matter of fact mm-hmm. and oh. the main focus is the kite mm-hmm. and how obsessed this narrator is with the yellow kite and how it's their favorite and they're so excited that they get to use it during school uh, while all the other kids are playing games and you know they just get to be flying this kite and and the, the kite is there till the very end when it burns up and so does the narrator it's still even though the world is ending you're you're worried more and you emote more for the kite thank you i was really inspired by the illustration the way that it's sort of framed um it looks like it's just like a zoom in or a really hard focus on the kite. Like as if everything else is sort of like blurring away and all you want to look at is this kite. And that, that really did inspire me that image. 
That's awesome. I'm so glad. So we we use two breadcrumbs here. That's great. Twenty two and thirty six. Yeah, and, a bonus breadcrumb. And twenty two is yeah. the one that inspired thirty six. So it's all it's all cyclical. I love it. I really do. Yeah, it's Me all too. adding up. Where is that line? There was one line I liked specifically. I liked a lot of lines, but this one stood out to me. Two yellow shapes, a diamond in a circle. The diamond gets smaller as I let out the string, and the circle gets bigger. I goosebumps. I just got goosebumps when you read it. Like, like, no, I'm I'm not even kidding. Like, just that subtle. Like, you're you're an adolescent, and this is your experience of this horrifying occurrence of the sun just engulfing your entire world it's just like oh no the diamonds the diamonds shrinking and the circles getting bigger that's that's it but you mm-hmm. know something so ominous is there mm-hmm. yeah and um another thing that really really added to that was the talk about uh they tease the boys because the boys don't wear makeup mm-hmm. like such a trivial thing that mm-hmm. obviously no longer matters mm-hmm. but just like it kind of like it kind of shows like the mind of a kid where it's like, here's the thing that happens. Like this is, this is important to me, mm-hmm. even though the entire sun's about to engulf the world. Yeah. I was also sort of inspired by this like feeling. And I hope that both of you will be able to relate to this. But um, a couple years ago, I moved away to go to grad school and I had like all these grand plans of like people I was going to see and the things that I was going to do. in like the last few days before I moved. Um, but then the reality of those last few days before you move is just sort of like, oh, right, I have to go, like, I I didn't buy this stuff for my apartment, so I have to go buy it. And, like, even when you end up seeing your friends, like, you've you've held this, like, farewell to such high standards, but really it just ends up with, like, you sitting around and talking like you always do. And it's not really, it's not really different. And that was kind of the feeling that I was, Uh, I was carrying over as well of, like, there's this yeah. expectation that this moment is supposed to be so grand, but you're just carrying on with your day. You exactly. Know, they're, they're staying behind. Things aren't changing for them. Um, and and so it feels unremarkable, even though you, you want it not to be so badly. Exactly. Yeah. I like that. I, yeah, that resonates a lot. Thank you. And um, I think this would make a good splash quote, but Earth is the world and the world is ending. Mm, thank Very you. good line. Um. Here's a little something. Okay. Maybe maybe a comical twist where it turns out no, a little bit dark comical twist. Okay. The kite's acting a little bit like the sail and she, the sun isn't coming closer. The earth is going closer to the sun because like her it's all her fault. Oh no, she's making it worse. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, so it's, it's actually a huge kite, but it's just so far away that she can't tell how big it is. I've been flying this kite for 20 years. Oh, that is funny. That's funny. That does, really that is. would have to turn my story into a comedy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So should we uh, should we move on to two atoms here? Yes. Yeah, we can move on to mine. So much fun, Adam. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Fun is what I go for. Fun is my primary export. That's yes. where all my GDP comes from. Mm-hmm. I really loved the the dialogue and how uh, formal it was. Yes. Knowing 
everything that that was going on like it mm-hmm. felt very like these military exercises and things were very serious even though the 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 whole center of the conflict for these kids is just this cartoon um and who's the better sidekick in the cartoon um but you've got this you know it's a dark day my friend and no pudding cup shall outlast its owner like incredible incredible line. It so much like it's so <laughs> it's so serious and you know it's so serious like you know that feeling of like oh no like we are going to win we are correct we are the right winning ones even though it's just the most trivial like i like harry potter no i like lord of the rings <laughs> like it's 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 like it's like that episode of south park where they're playing lord of the rings and then they show up and there's the the kids at one house all playing star trek and they they don't get why they're they're being called nerds like mm, I, yeah. I loved it Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's such a schoolyard conflict. It's it just, it's perfect. And I think it's interesting. I didn't really pick up on that, Bob, but it's funny how, like, we, Adam, you and I sort of did the opposite thing. So, like, oh, yeah. so, like, you have, you're, you're in this, like, very low stakes scenario, which is just, like, kids fighting about a cartoon on the playground, but it's, like, the utmost seriousness. And they're, like, yeah, they're basically having these, like, tactical conversations about what, you know, oh, there's a, you know, they're over in the swings and like, whatever. And it's, yeah, it's, it's very funny. And I really liked Nelson. Is that the character's name? (laughs) I really liked Nelson. I'm glad. Great character. Oh, I, and I love this. Susie was the century and we watched as in slow motion, a wet wad of destiny slapped into the side of her face. Incredible. And in that same, in that same paragraph, just the, the sickening thwack. Like it's Mm -hmm. so, it's so audible. Mm, Yeah. (laughs) Also elephant ear slash testicular outcropping. Like, (laughs) oh yeah. That's the, yeah, that's the fun part about writing so fast is like you just think of things like that and then you don't have time to like overthink it. It's like, well, it's going in. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, the only thing that I found myself wanting out of your story, Adam, uh-huh. that I didn't really get was a better introduction for the android. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love the android. I love the camera kite. That was incredible. And I loved how you like wove in that little thread of the clown. Uh-huh. From Peter's story as well, where it talks about that the the kite starts coming out of his arm like the you know handkerchiefs from a, a clown sleeve. I really really liked yeah. that um, that image. But I was like, w- when there's suddenly an android in the story, I was like backtracking. Like I don't remember like when that came in before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I want so I wanted like a bit of a more natural introduction to the android, but ultimately found it a very very. Um, successful character i really liked the android thank you so did i yeah i don't know i just i loved it i loved it all it was very it was very sensory it was really you know and also oh this line this brings me back to the the same comment about just the seriousness of the dialogue um but the low stakes of the situation like his nose was running we, we we've lost the southernmost uh, sandbox baby was in there god bless her soul like it, mm-hmm. it's just so intense um mm-hmm. but at the same time it's literally just some snotty kid yeah and brought to life so excellently by your performance adam thank you i liked your delivery of uh, god no susie <laughs> yes. very good <laughs> and the fact that nelson is drinking a grape juice box also very funny 
Yeah. Another thing that I just like thought of as I was writing, I was like, that seems like it'll make things like a little bit more comical. Mm-hmm. Like it's so serious. And then he's just like, <laughs> yeah, it's just like slurping a- some juice. Yeah, I was imagining like exactly that scene that you've seen like a million times in any war movie where they're all sort of standing around. They're looking at the map. They're like pushing the front with like those little like paddle things. Right. And then you just hear that like. (laughs) (laughs) And Nelson's just like in a like half in shadow sipping from like a juice box. Yeah. Very funny. Oh, Oh, my gosh. Oh, and this this empty toilet paper roll up to his eyes scanning the battlefields. Mm hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I also think this would work really well as a Wes Anderson stop motion. Ooh. Yeah. Yes. I think, like, the, sp- the the animation of, like, the spitball would be, like, very, like, unsettling and elastic. It would be very yeah. good. Wes Anderson, hit me up on my mobile. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's, let's talk. We tweet at the rules podcast. <laughs> now, the real question is, is can we combine these together into a super story? Yes. Yes, so, we can. I think I think mine's the beginning. Bob's is the middle. Yours is the end. Well, Bob's could come after mine. This doesn't take place on Earth. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. This yeah, is true. true. Mm-hmm. And yours, Adam, does not necessarily have to take place on Earth. Yes, that's true. Actually, I was going to say it. It's it actually in my mind took place on Mars in a biodome. Mm. Okay. Because I was I forgot to write the line, but I was going to write the line like. It was a schoolyard, if you could call it a schoolyard. Mm-hmm. Really, it was like a slab of concrete mm. and it was not a yard at all. So mine is the beginning is what I'm getting here. <laughs> yes. Everybody okay. has fled for the colonies. Yes. <laughs> Yours was the very depressing prologue. Yeah. Then it's like, well, after that, you hear something that's kind of funny. Yeah. Ooh, but then it ends on a bummer because <laughs> <laughs> women are still feeling uncomfortable in bars in space. Yes. <laughs> yes. I think we have prepared a nice little triptych here tonight. Yes. I like what we came up with. I like um, how we all interpreted the line. Mm -hmm. I like all the other sources of inspiration that we were drawing from. Yeah. Yeah. I I feel like we did good work tonight. Yeah. We did do some good work tonight. Thank you both so much for including me. This was such a good time. I'm so glad that we finally got to do this. It was great to have you. Yeah. it It was a lot of fun. And thank you so much for being willing to be on here and dealing with this as we slowly sorted through all the technical issues. No problem. Oh man. Yeah, this was a lot of fun and we're trying to get guests on more often. So if you, if you want to come back for some stuff, more than happy I, to have you. I was going to say, I would love to do this again. Um, and I, yeah, I would really love to do another one of these. Also one that does not have to be one of these, but I like this because this gives me a week and a half of content (laughs) because Mm. I'm going to schedule all these in. Bob, thank you so much for coming uh, on the show and writing with us. Yeah. Thank you both. Seriously. And, and let me know when there are cuts because I I cannot wait to hear it. Absolutely. Um, So we will give you a chance to drop in some plugs now that we're at the end of the show. Where can people find you and your work online? Um, I have a website at bobraymunda.co and you can find me on Twitter at bobby underscore snacks. Um, The the most you'll ever see me tweeting is when Netflix drops a new season of Fuller House and otherwise you can can find me and, and all of our other many, many wonderful contributors at Breadcrumbs Mag at breadcrumbsmag.com and on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, etc. at breadcrumbs. 
Thank you both so much. You have a great rest of your night. You too. You too. So we would, again, just like to thank Bob for bringing us the rules tonight. Just so you know, if you have any rules that you'd like us to use, please send them to us. You can pass them along to us on our Facebook page, or you can tweet them to us. We tweet at The Rules Podcast. You can also tweet them right to me. I tweet at Jenna Noor. And this is embarrassing, but I tweet at Adam Ganong too. <laughs> Because Adam Ganong was taken, and I don't know why I didn't go for something else, but I'm stuck with it now. Well, you are the number one Adam Ganong to me. Thank you. You're welcome. This episode has been produced by me, Jenna Noor. And by me, Adam Ganong. Dave Kiney is our marketing mogul, assistant producer, and lifestyle guru. And Philip Hall is our resident bikeling. Bikeling. <laughs> He's our resident bike lane. Phil Paul's our resident bike lane. Uh, You can find past episodes of the show on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, or wherever else you find your podcast episodes. If you liked the show, please leave us a review on iTunes. It would mean the world to us. Mm. And with that, we are out. That's why we do things like this, to feel sane in the insanity.